Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And today we are talking about a classic Karl Barks story, The Fabulous Philosopher's Stone. Uh, it's available in Uncle Scrooge's The Seven Cities of Gold, uh, published by Fantagraphics. Uh, yeah, like you were saying, like, this is such a wonderful story. I wanted to read more Barks for us to chat about. It should be classic Karl Barks cavalcade. <laughs> I'd be up for that. We could read a few more. I haven't read very many of these stories over the years. I've read just a few. I mean, I bought this, I bought a, I was, a, when I lived in Seattle, there's this, you know, everybody would know, but Fanagraphics is in Seattle. I mean, you know that you live up there and they have this store. And again, like, you know this, but I'm just telling you the listeners, they're just amazing Fanagraphics store where it sells like some of their best published work for half price. And I ended up buying this, these two books that were like packaged into one in a box for half price. And I, I did not touch it until, I mean, I looked at inside and stuff like that. I, I unwrapped it, but this is the first time I started reading it. And I, I love it. I mean, I grew up on DuckTales, which is based on these comics. I learned English because of DuckTales. Adventure. I mean, I watched DuckTales before I ever saw. I saw the first Indiana Jones, but you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But the other ones, all the adventure stuff came from DuckTales for me. I just have this image of you running home from school when you're 10 years old or something and turning on Disney afternoons and just like totally getting into these. That was it. The uh, DuckTales was the highlight of the, the Disney because they had a lot of all these garbage cartoons. I mean, not garbage, not to denigrate them, but you know, there's stuff that just weren't as high quality and DuckTales was. And it was just, I always remember one of the first things I learned in English was me lucky dame. <laughs> I was ever a big DuckTales fan, but I know it's like, along with Batman the Animated Series, like one of the great cartoons ever. Yeah, yeah. And of course, what makes it so great is that it's based on these incredible stories. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen this episode. You you, were, you sound like you remember the Philosopher's Stone episode. Um, no, no, no. I don't remember the episode, actually. Okay. Um, but uh, but I just it just brought back those memories. And it also... Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's really any spoilers. It's kind of a kid's <laughs> But I think published was, 60 years what, ago now. Yeah. What's interesting about this comic is that it's the comic actually features. So I did, it got me down on like a whirlpool of things. I don't know if, you, if it's okay to jump into it. Go ahead. This, um, it got me into a lot of world wind of research stuff. So I, I need to start thinking about it. So the cartoon actually did not have Donald Duck. And when I was a kid, before I came to the U.S., Donald Duck was my favorite Disney character. I just loved him. In fact, I asked my mom to buy me a sailor outfit when I was a kid. I wanted the sailor outfit, and I think she made like a makeshift sailor thing, you know, the little flap they have for me. Mm -hmm. But the cartoon did not have it. And I think it's probably because Disney didn't want to, quote unquote, use their top character in a tv show because they wanted to save him for movies or something kind of like how like marvel uh, movie universe like doesn't have like a show about captain america but it has like the tertiary or secondary character tv shows so, and then but then you know it blew up 
And so mm-hmm. I was interested. They had another character named Launchpad. That oh, was okay. Launchpad McQuack, I think. Yeah. He's related to Uncle Scrooge? No, no, no. He's not related. He's Uncle Scrooge's uh, pilot. So okay. instead of navigation, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, they would go on like, you know, air, you know. Yeah, anyways, a little bit more modernized. But, but also one more thing about the sailor outfit. I did some research. So Donald is a sailor and his outfit, you know, is like a sailor outfit. And every reason, I'm all like, you know, why was I so interested? Of course, I, I was born in late 70s or, you know, I'm in the 80s. I'm an 80s kid, basically. So, so why was it so popular? I did research and apparently from 1870 to 1920, uh, kids outfits, uh, sailor outfits were really popular for kids 1870 to 1920. Huh. And then with, I guess with the war, again, they became popular from the 1930s and 1940s, which is probably when these comics were brought on. So one of the favorite characters for kids who are wearing these outfits is Donald Duck, who wears the same outfit as they do. So it's Oh, interesting. So that makes kids appreciate Donald Duck more. That's he looks more theory. like them. That's my theory, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It totally makes sense. This is a wonderful story, too. Yeah, I love so many things about it. It's like detective work. Kids are smarter than the adults. Obviously, ducks were my favorite characters in Disney. Uh, it encourages studying. You know, Uncle Scrooge is in the beginning is like reading the Woodchuck Handbook. You know, um, the, the really Legend cool. of the Minotaur too thrown into everything. Yeah. And that's another thing I wrote. Then I love the fact that they put the Legend of the Minotaur, but there wasn't a Minotaur, so it's not scary. It's like the kids know it's just a statue. It's the stupid adults who think that it might come and like eat them and stuff, which is great. Yeah, we're going to keep wandering all over the place if we don't get some structure to this. So, uh, should we talk through this story? Yeah, sure. I mean, the story is secondary to me. I just love it. Okay. The, well, okay. The, no, no, no. I mean, I'm just joking. But, like, I think I just got really jazzed up with, like, the nostalgia. Well, I was going to talk about Barks' art. Because you can see it from the very first page yeah. how yeah. his designs are so wonderful and he's so good at tracking your eye across the page mm-hmm. he's on target all the every moment from the first page onward with the design of these characters but he also does a wonderful job of keeping characters faces in the same place each panel so they're very easy to track and there's not a lot of confusion about who's talking or where mm-hmm. there's a scene there's a whole section on page two that's just donald and scrooge chatting with each other and somehow Barks keeps that really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Like the slight, the slight differences in facial expressions and attitudes and approaches they have is wonderful. And it's also animated just a little bit above, you know, the baseline. So these characters aren't static. They're reacting all along. And you just feel like you're pulled into it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And also like he keeps the characters perfectly in proportion to each other. They're, yeah. you know, he keeps cutting front to back to front to back with them, but you can, they're always in the right place compared to each other. And the eye doesn't have any trouble kind of tracking where they are in relation to each other. Mm-hmm. It's like this really subtle kind of mastery of, of the comics page. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, you're so right. I, like with the boring conversation one, like 
nowadays with like a lot of comics, you just see people's faces talking. Whereas in this one, like there's expressions. Donald looks confused. He's all surprised. And then when he finds out, he has to find, you know, it's 845, 845 years ago. Oh my God. He's like tapping his head against the wall. And then he's like, ah, slapping his <laughs> head. Like this is all happening during a conversation. Whereas in like comics today, all you see is like somebody's face in the, like in the camera, just talk blah, 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 you know? So it's really great. Really interesting. Like, you know, as someone who draws yourself, I bet like you have like three different moods in panels two, three, and four on Donald's face. And he, Barks accomplishes that so simply. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that's incredible. It's hard, yeah. And then we go to the next page and the first panel has a great little subtle moment there. Yes, yeah. We show where we see the, I don't even know what to call him, the other character in the story. Mm -hmm. This weird guy in the trench coat with the long beard what did you think of him when you first saw him? I thought it was, um, so I noticed it and, and that's a great point too. It's like he's center of panel, so you can't miss him. Everyone's kind of like around him. So you can't miss him, right? But, and then later on when um, they allude to him, you know him, they don't have to say, oh, by the way, like, if, like it's not obvious. It's not like they don't bluntly put it in your face. He's not like, but you could see it. And so, Later on in, in the story, when they allude to him, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that person in that panel, you know? Or it doesn't, they don't really, but it's just interesting that he filled it out. Um, I thought that he might have been one of the, like, the villains with, like, disguise. I thought it was a disguise. That's what I thought, too. And I love the, the like, little bit of plot, not twist, but inversion, I guess, to make him actually, like, a good person. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. So good. I mean, there isn't a villain in this story. No, no, it's just a pure adventure story. Yeah. And like, there's a really subtle message to kids too about like motivations and attitudes. I mean, really the only, the closest thing to a villain in this story is Scrooge himself because he brings on his own like injury at the end. Or greed, right? Yeah, yeah. or greed. Yeah, I like the next panel too with the dolphin and the bird. <laughs> it's just it's kind of cool it's such a kid's way of looking at the world right mm -hmm. yeah you know i actually what you just mentioned um as you mentioned that i was looking at panel four and i think the reader is at the level of the kids yeah my eyes are like in the middle of that panel right like my eyes are looking at the middle of the panel and i'm looking right straight at the kids and i have in a way i have to like avert my eyes upwards to see Scrooge and the adults. Oh, that's so that's so clever. Yeah. Well, look at panel one. The kids are also at the center there. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're on the ship, up at the ship. But like, I wonder if that's the case. Whenever there's a kid, uh, I might actually, like the kids are always in the middle of the panel, like middle, like either from the height, from height and width, you know? Oh, that's a great insight. Maybe not, you know, but it's just interesting. I think it's the eye level of the kids. It's always like, I'm always looking at the eye level. No, so I like I, I'm flipping ahead a few pages. There's another dialogue page when um, when they're at the ruins and the, the kids are at the center of the panel and Donald's and Scrooge are kind of at the top, kind of hovering over them. And they're also a little bit hidden by the word balloons. The kids are never hidden by the word balloons. Mm. 
Yeah. They're the yeah, heroes. So he's like pulling, he's pulling you, he's keeping you at the level of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like this really subtle thing. Yeah. I like the blackout panel, by the way. The two back blackout panels on page three, by the way. I think they just add the, just a nice touch of drama. And for some reason, like on panel five, when the boat is in silhouette, uh, mm-hmm. it feels like this is like time passing. Yeah, it's a nice silhouette page. Now we land at the castle and have all the adventure at the castle. And this is that detective work that's just so fun in the story. Mm-hmm. Everyone creeping around with their magnifying glass. Thank you. They're all creeping around with their magnifying glass. Uh, I just these scenes are just so charming. Mm-hmm. That's and, what uh, that's what Sherlock Holmes used to have, right? Yeah. <laughs> As they're discovering, we're discovering it with them. Mm-hmm. It's it's so funny. It's like when you're a kid, you're like. Oh, that's what's going to help you be a detective. Everyone has a magnifying. They're looking on the ground and they're going to find clues. Oh, it's totally the way kids think, right? And the and it's exactly. I mean, I thought like this when I was a kid because one thing is like they're all like, "Oh, I found a little bit of gold on the ground." I mean, after eight hundred forty-five years, do you think there's going to be gold left on the ground? But (laughs) right. But I believe it because I'm a kid. It doesn't matter. It's for fun. Or I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> yeah, part of me wishes I still was, right? Scrooge's overreaction about the, the philosopher's stone being gone, too. He's in tears. He's, his mouth is huge. Mm-hmm. Such a great image. Mm-hmm. His mouth even looks a little bit gold in that scene. Then there's the old, the, the weird other man coming into the, to the, uh, castle tipping his little tiny hat mm-hmm. yeah and you know what's so funny is um if it wasn't for the kids uncle scooch would have given up but the kids are all like oh no, no no that guy's going to check it out and i'll go oh, really he's interested in it maybe there is something to this uh-huh so he i think every step of the way he wants to give up and the kids don't the kids are the ones who push him on mm-hmm so again, like if you imagine this as a kid, you're like, you can imagine yourself bugging your parents. Come on, let's keep going. Let's, we can do this. We can figure this out. Yeah. I was so kind of tantalized by that little tiny scene of them driving up the ancient road to Rome by the Ligurian Sea. Just a great little tiny reference. Mm. I mean, that one of the things I love about this story too is that it just wanders all over the world. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're exploring it, and he barks throws in all these other just little side characters. You know, at that tiny seaport, there's the guy who directs them. Mm-hmm. And everyone's groaning. And then he wanders up to the guy at the history desk and he gives them advice. You, you know, I was gonna kind of back up a little. I had a question. Do you know when this was published? Uh, I want to say it's like the 50s. Oh, interesting, because there's a, it's like history, you know, because you always think about like these cartoons that are like, are the work of their time. And sometimes some things aren't appropriate. Sometimes they're just not right. But like, uh, sometimes things have changed. 
but there's a part in the previous before they get to the um uh the castle they talk about like going to palestine yeah as opposed to israel it's interesting like it was after israeli israeli independence yeah it's a, it's funny how like they didn't adopt it or like it wasn't in the culture well and i wonder how many kids would even know palestine yeah i know <laughs> or israel <laughs> oh it was israel believe me growing up we all we all knew israel oh <laughs> the jews oh, jews all knew israel but yeah, yeah they go to crete they go to baghdad they go to damascus it's like all over the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one game i like as a kid i don't know if it was popular back in the 40s 50s was uh we're in the world as well it wasn't because it was new but we're in the world as carmen san diego and i just love jumping from one area to another and learning about the world and this is just like that you know it's pretty cool yeah it's just so fun and again as a kid like you get to travel all around the world this must have been a great episode of the cartoon mm-hmm. like when they go to the cave on the on the north coast in no in italy like i was so kind of tantalized by what they were finding there mm. and again beautiful art by barks it's well colored in this book too where it feels like the the cave is almost glowing on page 112 in this collection mm-hmm. great overreactions by the characters too scrooge looks completely defeated throwing himself over the rock in, in anger and then when he snaps at the strange man, what's good about today? It's funny how like that gentleman is, is always happy until the end, until these guys find out. Mm-hmm. He gives up, but they don't. Again, because of the kids. Right. He doesn't have the kids. All these cute little lines. Good afternoon, sir. You flatter it, gentlemen. It's just cute. Who is this man, though? I I think your theory about him about Bark centering Huey, Dewey, and Louis is, is right on. If you look at page one thirteen in the Fantagraphics book, they are right at the center of everything. Mm-hmm. And more than that, Barks draws them head to toe, so we they're full figure the entire time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's their eye, you know, eye view. I don't know. Maybe that I have to look at other comics, but you see, like, from their point of view, even when you're looking at them, it's you know, the height is. I don't know if the point of view was on purpose or that's just how the panels fit. But. I think it's on purpose. I'm looking through the other stories in this book, and they all do that more or less. Now we're coming up to. The part I just love is that the cave, the ruins. Mm-hmm. First, they come across the sign that no one can decipher. And again, as a kid, like that would have been so tantalizing. Mm-hmm. Can't read the lingo, nor can anybody else. Like I would be so, I'd want to see a picture of that, see if I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. This is when the whiskery friend gets a little bit fed up. Well, they can translate it now too. The kids um, after, yeah, the, the whiskery friend gets angry, but the, Uncle Scooch has the kids and the junior wood, woodchuck guidebook. Mm-hmm. Just another kid's eye view, right? 
kids can figure it out even though the adults can't. Mm -hmm. The whole bit how they figure it out and then figure out how to get into the cave is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then the, the kind of odd panel, odd shaped panel where you actually see the labyrinth. It's just so like, again, like I want to get in there and start exploring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, almost the entire story is done in eight page or eight panel grids, right? There's only a few places where, where Barks breaks out and all three places I'm looking at here are places where like he's really showing something significant. Again, really clever storytelling. Mm -hmm. But he does a lot of interesting things with the panels, you know, like the Minotaur. The Minotaur's horn goes into one panel, you know. And, yeah. And then also the panels aren't always lined up, you know. Yeah, he keeps moving them around a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if that's do you think this was. This was a comic book, right? It wasn't in like a newspaper. Or... Yeah, it was absolutely a comic book. Yeah, I'm sure he's doing that for storytelling effect. Mm. Almost, I think with the miniature horn, he's kind of really leading the, the viewer's eye. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the paneling is that way too like helping you look. Oh yeah, I think you're right. He's guiding the reader through it. Oh yeah. Look, like if you look through the story, how often are characters looking from one panel to the next? Mm -hmm. You see it over and over again here. Mm -hmm. Like anywhere you look, like people are, are looking from the left panel into the right and from the right panel into the left or down really is like he's subtly guiding the reader's eye through the story he's telling. Mm -hmm. Like look at one seven, page 117, where Donald's got the lantern, he's looking forward into the next panel. And then the kid's looking down to the next panel. And then Scrooge is pointing into the following <laughs> panel. And then Scrooge is looking down into the following panel next year down then donald's kind of side-eyeing towards the minotaur and then the minotaur cuts the panel up so barks is totally guiding you through the page mm -hmm. it's like an easy read yeah for a kid especially yeah yeah so let's skip ahead a little bit towards the end mm -hmm. scrooge's own ego kind of gets the better of him mm -hmm. and again like it's so subtly done it's so clever yeah, I just love this comic. It's funny. Oh, we can just finish. Oh, I was just going to say, I really like this one just because there's also like, you know, it's definitely a kid's comic. It's got a moral. Nothing comes easy. It's great to be smart, studious, and the art's amazing. So. Yeah, and the, the way they portray the kids and stuff is just so wonderful. Oh, my God. Barks is like off the charts great. The more I look at his work, the more I just I'm absolutely astonished by the quality of what he does. Mm -hmm. yeah so looking forward to re reading more of this the next one is tintin right next one is tintin yep all right oh thank you